Welcome to Profit First Nation, the official podcast for entrepreneurs who are operating their businesses in the zone of permanent profitability. I'm Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First, and now here's your Profit First Nation guide, Daniel Mulvey. Welcome to Profit First Nation, the podcast for the top 17% of entrepreneurs with cash in the bank to correlate to their profitability. Profit First Nation is the podcast for intelligent entrepreneurs who have taken ownership of their financials and leveraged Profit First as a cash management system to make their businesses permanently profitable. I am Danielle Mulvey, an expert at guiding entrepreneurs on owning their financials in as little as 11 minutes per day and doing Profit First right. If you are a fan of Profit First and its author, Mike Michalowicz, you have found your tribe. We are a nation of successful entrepreneurs driven to be permanently profitable with a grit and a growth mindset that lets no obstacle stand in our way in pursuit of the three P's, passion, profit, and play. On Profit First Nation, we dive into advanced Profit First strategies and guide you on how to do Profit First right. On today's episode, we're going to walk through how to do a quarterly expense review Now, we did do an in-depth expense challenge, and that's something that you would do if you were starting to implement Profit First. So if you're new to the podcast and you're new to Profit First, the easiest way to start to uh, become profitable is to cut expenses. And episodes six, seven, eight, and nine are four episodes that really dive into doing an expense challenge that most people can cut 10 to 30% in expenses when they're implementing Profit First is sort of like that after they do their instant assessment. And then um, we also have another episode 33 where we talk about expenses. This episode is something that I'm gonna come up and remind you guys every quarter. So I'm recording this technically at the end of, of Q1. And so it is a process that I have refined better um, because I actually found something that uh, was not so good recently. So remember, there are only two ways to increase profit, increase margin and decrease expenses. If you're not vigilant on your expenses, you are risking your maximization of profitability. Like I said, I just recently completed um, our quarterly expense review on one of our companies and discovered a $16,069.65 overbilling that had been going on since last May with our payroll provider. The kind of bummer is that it took almost a year, but my rear view is your GPS for not making the same mistakes. In this particular case, the overbilling was for our biweekly payroll service, and we were not isolating the invoice for the service fees because number one, um, it's it's hard to get to that invoice. And um, the way that things were being posted in our system, and it was a general journal entry, and I'm not really involved in that. And you know, your bookkeeper or your accountant, we have an in-house accounting department, We have a controller who then comes through. I mean, they're seeing so many numbers, but they don't own your financials and you have to own your financials just like I have to own the financials in my business. So it takes kind of 
peeling back the layers and you can't be dependent upon other people for noticing the uptick in expenses. So we'll talk about some strategies for that. But in terms of kind of creating a checklist for your quarterly expense review, number one, you're going to want to take the total expenses that you had for Q1 and you want to subtract the salaries and wages. And we are going to take that salary and wages number and then do an expense challenge on the salaries and wages first. Because for many of you, payroll is one of your biggest expenses. And what you want to do in your salaries and wages when you look at it on a quarterly basis is understand how many employees that you have. So you'll want to take your salaries and wages and then count how many employees you have, including yourself, if you're working in the business and you're paying yourself a salary. And you're going to want to then look at your total revenue and you're going to want to ensure that if you have four employees, for example, you want to make sure that your quarterly revenue, including your salary and wages, is totaling at least $600,000. So you want an efficiency of at least $150,000 in revenue per employee and you know, ideally you'd want to 4X an employee in terms of their labor efficiency. So if someone is making $50,000 a year, you'd ideally want them to be at $200,000 in terms of 4Xing that $50,000 salary. Now, we want to keep things simple. We don't want to overcomplicate things. So, you know, just look at the salary, keep it simple. You don't need to factor in the um, employer taxes that you have to pay when you have this employee. You don't need to factor in the benefits that you're playing on this individual employee. You know, those I just kind of view as the cost of doing business. And I just want to keep this real simple. So it's real easy to do. And then uh, if you're not quite getting that labor efficiency, then look at yourself because I'm sure you are maybe 10Xing your labor um, efficiency on the salary that you're making. So that means that you're doing too much and paying yourself too little. So what you need to do and what I challenge you to do and what I have to remind myself of, and I have gotten much better about this, especially over the last year for a variety of reasons. Those variety of reasons are Number one, I uh, terminated my VA who had been with me for um, almost six years, and I moved to a different model with a different person that is really helping me more about managing my time and my efficiency. I've also delegated more, and I've also created a better tracking system of accountability when I delegate to individuals in my organization and even outsourced individuals that support me um, in some of my other entities. So I track the accountability to make sure it gets done. And then, of course, one thing that I have done, oh my goodness, probably since, well, I know, since 2004 in all of my businesses is hold a daily huddle. And the daily huddle is a great team accountability. It takes less than 10 minutes. You're standing 
you are going through, hey, these are the three things I did yesterday. These are the three things I'm going to do today. Um, sometimes you might add in a little bit more detail. So for example, we report metrics during our daily huddle. So our contracts manager is reporting how much we wrote in terms of sales orders on the day prior. And then our accounting department is letting us know how much we collected in accounts receivables the day prior and how much we invoiced the day prior. So we're getting a couple of metrics in that daily huddle. I also get reports backing up those metrics, but everyone is going through and giving the three things that they did yesterday, the three things that they're gonna do today. And um, this comes from Vern Harnish's book, his original book, Mastering the Rockefeller Habits. And then um, sort of his 2.0 version to that book is Scaling Up. And uh, Scaling Up, he thinks sort of replaces the Rockefeller Habits. I still would recommend starting with the Rockefeller Habits and then reading Scaling Up as the companion to that basic foundation in Mastering the Rockefeller Habits. And again, he talks about the daily huddle in there. We'll probably talk about it um, on a future episode as well with Mike, because Mike um, has been doing the daily huddle as well. He's been doing it since probably 2002 or 2003. We both learned it at Vern Harnish's MIT Birthing of Giants program, where we were both members, but in different cohorts. So the daily huddles are really amazing. And again, that's just maximizing that efficiency. So the other thing is, is that I also hear in the daily huddle when people don't really have too much on their plate, they verbalize it and say, you know, I've got this and this today, but you know, right now I kind of don't have my day full. So if anyone needs help with something, then, you know, again, because our team does that and that's part of our culture, you know, that's sort of a red flag of like, okay, great. And, you know, we start to um, delegate more because we have that communication on a daily basis and so that is how we are maximizing our salary and wage, our payroll efficiency, all right? So after you have looked at the efficiency of your payroll for the prior quarter, now we're gonna dive in to looking at um, the expenses. And this is where I think I, well, not I think, where I failed and I missed that expense. So depending upon how many vendors you have, you might want to divide up the vendors and do your vendors that are A through L in the alphabet. You could do those at the beginning of Q1 and at the beginning of Q3. And then you could do the vendors that are M through Z at the beginning of Q2 and the beginning of Q4. So this is how I actually found the error with paychecks is I was isolating the vendors in the M through Z and I was looking at our spend with them and looking at the individual transaction reports um, with those individuals to see if there was any abnormalities or any increases with what was going on. And what was interesting about this scenario too is um, that you know it's auto debited, and we had some cushion built up in our and and building in our payroll account, and so because we had that cushion in our payroll account, we didn't really see this extra seepage of money every pay period because that account was building the cushion, 
And they were taking it out because, you know, these kind of things and these type of vendors, it's it's an automatic draft uh, from your bank account. So we might do things a little bit differently. But number one, I need to do this first. And that is looking at each vendor on a at least quarterly or bi-quarterly basis. So every other quarter, I'm looking at the vendors in A through L. Then the next quarter, I'm looking at the vendors in M through Z. And I'm really just kind of analyzing the spend that we have with them. Is it going up? Is it going down? What should it be doing in terms of trending? All right. So then the other thing that I would recommend is you know, I review the American Express. Um, so we do use American Express um, for some of our recurring expenses. And we also use American Express to pay some of our vendors because we can earn millions of points. But we carry basically a, a zero balance on those. And obviously, with American Express, you have to be paying it off every month as well. So we are not carrying any debt or liabilities there technically, or untechnically, I guess technically we are for a period and then we pay it off. But um, anyways, uh, I would recommend um, looking at your auto bank debits and really looking at that bank statement. And you know, usually they're organized in a fashion where you're able to see how it came out, whether you've got the checks or whether it was a debit out. And, you know, again, kind of seeing that and just knowing it, you, you have to own your numbers, you have to own your financials. Again, I'm talking to you about this because I missed, um, we had $16,069.65 just seep out of our account every other week because paychecks was overbilling us by um, an average of $630 because it was a factor of how many employees we had on payroll for the pay period. So that was the average over the period of time. All right, so you're gonna go through these steps and then you're gonna also wanna go through just the other checklist of expenses, really scrutinize and make sure that you're not like letting personal perk expenses creep into the business. Uh, I have been doing some calls recently with Profit First Nation listeners who say, hey, I need some help. And um, looking at their P&L statements or income statements, uh, you know, you, 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 I, I'm definitely seeing some expenses that, um, you know, you cannot use your business as a personal biggie bank. You need to use your business for business expenses so that you have profit to take out of the company as an owner's distribution that you can then do your personal perk expenses, but you take the profit out as an owner's distribution and then you put it into your personal account and then that's where you celebrate, that's where you do the fun stuff with the money once it comes out of your business as an owner's distribution. I'd also challenge um, looking at rent and utilities. You, you know, even getting a Nest thermostat in your office can help, especially with summer coming on and such. You know, if employees forget to turn off the air at the end of a Friday and it runs all weekend, I mean, that's just seeping money out the door. And um, so we, uh, when we moved into our new office, we actually put in the Nest thermostats because we had used those in our prior office as well. 
So that's a great way to keep track and you can program those to make sure that it's shut down when people are not in the office and you can um, even check it remotely. And then with rent, you know, I think it's very important at this time. I've, I've again talked to some Profit First Nation listeners and rents seem to be going up at a higher rate because the landlords are trying to cover for some of their losses of lost rent from people who just, you know, vacated the business and closed shop and such. So I would really recommend, um, you know, communicating with your landlord and, you know, trying to work something out. I mean, you guys are in the business communities yourselves. So, I mean, you know, if, if you're in a great location and you want to minimize your rent, then work out something with your, with your landlord about referring other people or being a, um, a referral to the landlord or a reference for the landlord um, about, you know, what they are as like as a landlord for future tenants and stuff, because a landlord needs their places full. And if their places are full, they're going to be less likely to jack rents up on their customers like you who've been in their um, space for a while. I'd also look at inventory and cost of goods. You know, for us, things going on in terms of shipping around the world, the prices of commodities have gone up. And we, I mean, we, it's, it's astronomical for us in terms of construction materials, um, how things have increased so dramatically just in the last couple of months. And so if you've had a significant increase in cost of goods, you need to be monitoring that and making sure that you are adjusting your pricing. If your expenses are going up, that means you need to increase your margin. And, you know, people should be expecting it. This is not you know, I mean, it's, it's affecting everyone if you just even look at the cost of gas in your markets. So mind your inventory, mind your cost of goods sold. And if they're going up, that means that you need to pass that increase on to your customer because those expenses increasing and you not accounting for it will hurt your profitability. You want to evaluate your equipment and supplies. You know, maybe you start to say, okay, Let's hold off on doing things. Let's try to use everything that we can, create some boundaries for your employees in terms, and and maybe too, how you buy the things. And maybe you make certain purchases for the year in in a quarter for like, um, like we buy coffee once a year for the office and it it lasts us the whole year. Um, We buy paper twice a year. So we just sort of aggregate are spending on that. You'll also want to reconcile your insurance um, and just make sure that you are allocating the proper amount. If you have a special insurance account that you allocate to, we use an insurance allocation account um, because our general liability insurance is really high for one of our businesses. So you'll want to make sure that you are getting the best value for your insurance. If things have changed in your business, locations have closed, you're insurance broker is not psychic, you need to communicate with them and make sure that you are getting the best coverage for the least expense because insurance costs vary significantly if you are not staying on top of it. You know, we've been limiting auto and travel just because we've been kind of stuck with COVID um, and stay-at-home orders in many states and localities. Um, so you, again, want to watch your, your, your auto and travel 
you know, I'm, I'm just surprised again when I see some income statements for some businesses and the amount that they're spending on gas when they don't have the mileage records to back it up or an app to back them up on that. Uh, you know, you you got to be careful of that and be mindful as we start to get back into travel that you are minding those expenses properly. Then you are going to want to make sure that you're measuring at the quarterly expense review, really measure your marketing and make sure that it is producing a 6X to 10X ROI. I got an email from someone um, saying, hey, you know, I, I, I just listened to the 6X to 10X ROI episode. I'm sorry, I don't remember which one episode that was, but that is way back in kind of the archives now that we've been on the air for a year. And she said, you know, I don't understand because isn't two times good? If, if you're doubling your money, isn't that good? And it's like, it's eh, I wouldn't say it's good. Good is 6X and great is 10X. So we don't want eh, we don't want 2X, we don't want 3X. We wanna be maximizing it and, and, and maximizing it means that you're challenging yourself to get a 6X to 10X ROI. So for example, if this individual is spending $1,000 to produce $2,000 in sales, well, if they were getting a 6X ROI, then they would have to spend $1,000 to get 6,000 in ROI. So if they were only doing it at a 2X, then they would have to spend $3,000 to get the 6X return or the $6,000 return on sales. And so they've spent $2,000 more in expenses, in marketing expenses, than they would have had to if they would have just challenged themselves to get 6X to 10X out of the gate. And so that $2,000, that went to Facebook ads, that went to Mark Zuckerberg's uh, back pocket instead of staying in your profit bucket. So, you know, again, you want to challenge yourself. I've just recently looked at um, another income statement and their real revenue was $128,000 and they had spent $99,000 on Facebook ads, all right? That translated to about a 3X return on sales. And so, you know, we talked about it, boom, you know, that challenge and, and, and seeing that it was not producing enough was enough for that individual to say, yeah, this is crazy. Like I could have used that money for other things and such. So again, you have to own your financials. You have to own what you're getting a return on. You have to own how you're minimizing your expenses to getting the max bang for your buck. At the quarterly expense challenge, it's a great time to um, ditch memberships that you have not used in the last three months. Oftentimes you can cancel things. I mean, a lot of things are annual renewals. I have a list where I keep track of my renewals and I just sort it by the renewal month. And I've canceled things like six months ahead of when I renew just because like, I, I don't want it to creep up again if I'm not using it and it was an annual renewal. So be mindful of those memberships that you have not used in the last three months. If you haven't used it in the last three months, it's done. Stop the wishful thinking. And if you need to come back to it, then you just re-enroll 
don't fall for these gimmicks that say, well, it's going to be more expensive when you come back because you're just bleeding the money right now and you could use it for other things. Again, sort of with those memberships, you purge and downscale software solutions. If you've had a change in in employee count and such, and you've been paying for five licenses and now you only need three, make sure you're being cognizant of minimizing those expenses by eliminating seats or the number of licenses that you have that you don't use or don't need anymore. And then, you know, this is also a good opportunity to as you're starting to build up some cash reserves in your business to weigh the savings of paying annually versus monthly for some subscriptions. So if you've been month to month on subscriptions that you've been using for two or three years religiously, then, you know, now is the time if you can't live without the subscription and you've been paying month to month for, again, like two, three years, look at what the savings would be for you to pay annually versus month to month Usually you're going to save at least one, two, or three months of that expense by paying it up front annually. All right. So that was a mighty checklist and um, all brought to you by the fact that we bled $16,069.65 over the last year in payroll expenses that were just sort of auto debited and just kind of creeping out of the cushion that we had built in um, and, and continued to build in our payroll account. And this will be um, a list. Of course, we have the visual recap. So make sure that you are registered for opting in to getting the visual recap texted to you every Thursday when a new episode comes out. You can go to ProfitFirstNation.com and click on resources. And that's where you'll opt in for that text message. You can also access our resources when you go there. You don't have to opt into the text messaging, but this list will be on that. And I'll also, again, reference the expense challenge episodes. Those were episodes six, seven, eight, and nine. And then we also did another expense episode on episode 33. I know this seems overwhelming, but it's not. Um, And especially if you are working with a certified profit first professional bookkeeper, accountant, or coach. They have a heart of a teacher. They want to see you do profit first right. They want to support you and they want to see you succeed. But most importantly, they want to make sure and help that you are understanding your financials so that you can own the financials of the business that you own. If you would like to work with a certified profit first professional accountant, bookkeeper, or coach, then again, go to ProfitFirstNation.com and click on connect. Also, um, if you've got questions, please, again, go to ProfitFirstNation.com and click on connect. And that is where you can send me an email, send me a question. I love to hear from you guys. I love to connect with you um, because those of you who email me, let me tell you, there's a hundred more people with the same issues, the same questions. And I would love to bring more clarity to you all on everything and anything profit first. Cheers to another profitable day, my entrepreneurial friends.
Profit First Nation website, related podcasts, and resources are provided for general information purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, accounting, or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional.